Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with David Christie. He's the CEO of Orford Mining TSXV listed company chasing gold and nickel. Um, they've discovered a new region in northern Quebec. He tells us about that uh, high grade to surface. So some people are getting excited about that. Shares up four times last year. And Wailu Metals have come in uh, with a 25 million earning on their nickel project also uh, in the West Raglan region. So lots uh, discussed today. If you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, any of the topics and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports and analysis. There's commentary from experts from all over the world uh, talking about different commodities and companies. There are training courses on there to help you with your diligence process. There are summaries of other interviews that we've done just to save you some time because I know you're busy. Uh, but however, if you want to join a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly, civil environment, and I hope you do find that attractive, you should go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. David, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? I am fabulous today. Energized, ready to go. So where in the world are you? I'm sitting in Toronto right now in my home during COVID lockdown. So Beautiful, beautiful. How's things there? I'm hearing it was rather nice weather. Uh, yeah, no, spring is coming. Snow is starting to melt, uh, <laughs> but uh, we've got a ways to go yet, but uh, it's getting better. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, well, like I appreciate you joining us today. I mean, we, we we've kind of communicated last year a little bit about coming on the show, and I think you're ready now. Got a few a few things have happened, so uh, thank you very much for joining us. We've not um, spoken or, or met otherwise before, so I'm looking forward to hearing this story. But can you kick us off with a just one minute overview on the business, and I'll pick it up with some questions after that. Sure, Matthew. So. Uh, in 2017, October of 2017, we, we launched this company as a public company. Um, the primary two assets at the time were our Kigavik Gold Project, which is a brand new gold district in the, in the Cape Smith Belt of Northern Quebec, and our West Raglan Nickel Project, uh, which was the beginnings of this company. It was actually a nickel company to start with. We Since then, we've discovered lots of gold on the Kigavik Project, and we brought in a new partner on the West Raglan Project called uh, uh, Wilo Metals. And we've staked three new projects in the Abitibi of uh, Quebec, which is a very prolific area for gold. So we're pro primarily a gold company with a huge nickel kicker. Fantastic. Good man. Right. I always like to know him uh, getting to bed with, so to speak. Um, so what's your background? I'm a geologist. I uh, worked in the mining industry for about 15 years before I went to the financial world. Uh, became an analyst with uh, TD and Scotia. Uh, and then I was uh, helping manage money at the Dundee Group uh, for a number of years. Uh, this was actually one of our investments. Uh, and then we made a discovery there and, and I decided to take the company public. So that's sort of my, my quick background. Uh, while I was ma uh, managing money, though, I, I was CEO of a company called Eagle Hill. Eagle Hill had the asset, which is today's the Cisco Mining's key asset, the Windfall Lake asset. So we helped to do a four-way merger to create what is today's the Cisco Mining. Okay, fantastic. So you've sat at all sides of the fence, as it were. So you've sat yeah. from all sides. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so talk to me. 2017, what did you set out to do? What were you building? Well, we, we think we have something very special in Kigavik uh, because it's very rare to discover a, a new volcanic belt in, in Canada that is gold-bearing. Um, you know, there's been some new gold dis discoveries in BC and whatnot in the Golden Triangle. Um, but to discover in Quebec a new gold belt, I think that's a rare thing. 
And when we talk about this, this belt having high grade gold at surface from end to end from over 40 kilometers of strike length, uh, big major structures cutting through the pro project. It, I was quite excited about it. And, you know, I've been a geologist and been in the industry a long time. I haven't seen this before. So that's, that's what we set out to do just to make a discovery on that project, create a new exploration vehicle that is going to be both a, a discoverer, discoverer and a consolidator. Okay. Do you think, I mean, you've, you've seen it from all sides of the fence, right? Um, do you think people like to hear the words, a, a, a new district, a new gold region? Does that make them excited or nervous? I, I think in, in Canada, it makes them excited because the, the potential of Canada, people know the, the known districts, they know about the Abitibi, they know about, you know, the areas around Yellowknife and, you know, the Snow Lake Belt in Manitoba. So they know all the, the, the known districts. But for someone to come in and discover a new gold district with high-grade gold at surface in Canada, I mean, someone's really doing their homework and has gone to an area that uh, people didn't look at before. Uh, people get set in their ways, don't tend to look at some areas because they think it's only for nickel, and that's what the case was here. Uh, there's a geological boundary. To the south, it's nickel perspective. To the north, it's gold perspective, but no one went north. Uh, and that's why we're there. So but how much money have you spent on this to be, to be able to feel comfortable with it yourselves? Um, to date, uh, we spent over $8 million on the, uh, on the project. So, you know, it's in the far northern part of Quebec, so it's not a cheap place to explore. Uh, but that uh, gives us the ability to stake large tracts of land. You know, when we look at the number of acres we have in that area, we have over 1,200 square kilometers uh, across uh, that region between the Nickel Project and the Gold Project. So this is a very large area we've, we've acquired. Uh, and that's, you know, you can't do that in the Abitibi. It's pretty tough to acquire that much land. So the ability to basically own the belt, uh, we're sitting next door to the two world-class nickel mines, the, the Raglan nickel mine that, that Extrata operates, uh, Glencore, and the, uh, the Nunavik nickel mine that the Chinese operate. So th this is a prolific belt for nickel. We've now discovered what we believe is a new gold belt in the same district. Uh, so we're in, we're in the right company there. Okay, well, let's come back to that in a second. So 2017, 2018, I remember it well. Not a very nice time for uh, juniors. Not a lot of money sloshing around. How did you raise yours? Well, in, in the initial year that we, we went public, uh, we were able to attract enough attention to, to raise the money. So we raised, I think, like $5 million that year uh, on the go public. Then the next year was a little tougher. We still raised uh, some money in, in the market. And then I bought a public company, or sorry, private company that had some cash it was called Condor Precious Metals. It had cash, no assets, a couple of royalties sitting in its portfolio in Colombia, which we still own. Um, and so that was another way to bring money into the, into the coffers, which was less dilutive actually than going to the market. So we'll do things like that uh, to look at ways to raise money. We'll look at companies that have, you know, good projects and no cash. You know, we're, we're going to continue to try to consolidate in the exploration industry. We, we firmly believe there's too many little guys, uh, looking to become bigger guys. So we'd like to, you know, bring good projects together uh, to build a company that's, you know, got projects over various uh, different cycles of exploration, you know, from the very grassroots up to the more advanced. Okay, so that's, that's an interesting financial technical solution to a problem of trying to find cash at the time. It just helps me understand your capabilities or, or the legs you'll go to actually solve the problem. So, but it was also a difficult times uh, time there in the sense that, not and many people were paying attention to the gold or no. nickel for that matter, especially not nickel at that at that time. So liquidity, um, ability to try and drive value, that one must have been really hard. It was. And we had 
two big shareholders. So there wasn't a lot of trading liquidity at the time because there, there wasn't a lot of, you know, RNC was one of our founding shareholders, as was uh, Dundee. Um, and with those two big shareholders there, it didn't create a lot of market liquidity. Uh, they've since now been diluted. Alamos Gold came in in 2019 at 22%. Uh, and that's helped bring in a lot of new shareholders. Uh, we've got a lot of European shareholders now. Uh, we've got uh, quite a large group of Canadian shareholders. Institutional shareholders are up near almost at 30%. Um, so we, we've got a, a much bigger group of shareholders now that are supportive of the stock. Uh, they participate in the deals. And that's what you need to grow a little company. Yeah, it is. But you also need people paying attention to you. So I get, I get you. I mean, you're an ex-analyst, okay? Yeah, you're also a geo. Was I guess originally before that. So you you understand the moving parts. But is this a is is this company all about structuring and finance and just trying to build something without necessarily any, any substance? I mean, how how do you tell the market you're serious about mining in this brand new gold district of yours? Well, I think the numbers speak for themselves. You know, we're making discoveries there, 650 grams per ton at surface. You know, this is this is real and we're spending real money up there. And, you know, the reason that Alamos got interested in our company was because of the Kigavik project. Uh, they're taking the benefit of the other things we do as well. You know, there's an exploration committee with the two groups to set up together and they help advise us. But that that Kigavik project is the key project and the discoveries discovery potential on that project are huge. Almost all our drill holes we've drilled on that project have hit gold at some quantity across the project, you know, from end to end. And we've barely scratched the surface. We're less than 6,000 meters of drilling across a 40 kilometer strike length. And remember, there's been nothing done on this project before us. The, the reason we went there originally was there was two Falkenbridge drill holes from the early mid nineties. Um, they drilled what they thought was going to be a nickel anomaly, ended up being a bit of gold and they walked away. Of course, that's why we went and had a look. Um, but there before, otherwise there was no work done on the project. So, it was really the beginning of this exploration phase was us. Um, and that's that's the opportunity, but it's also the challenge here. Okay, tell me more about why Alamos has come in because I, I get some of the headline numbers, right? But 6,000 meters isn't a whole bunch of data, right? No. So what, what, what do they, they want? They came in because of uh, the high grade numbers they're seeing in our, our sampling at surface and the till sampling we've done that point towards a very long uh, structure called the IP Lake Shear Zone, uh, which, you know, resembles what you would see in the Abitibi along the Cadillac Break, which is one of the major gold-bearing breaks in the Abitibi. So it's very similar to that. Got lots of, it's very wide, over almost 200 meters wide in places. Um, and amazing geology there. So we're looking to drill that this summer. Uh, we think, we really think we have something key there. Um, so they're there because they think we're going to make a big discovery, not a little discovery, a big discovery. You know, this has potential to be camp scale. So that's more than one deposit. Okay. We're going to talk about Wiley Metals in a second because they, they've put a bit of money into uh, one of one of your project, nickel project. What is Alamos going to do? Because, you know, 22%-ish is, I mean, that's just option money. You're 18 million market caps, option money for them. What are they going to do in terms of like follow through with you? Well, they've now financed us twice. So they came in in 2019. Uh, and we just did a financing uh, recently in, in the latter part of or the latter part of last year. So they came in again at 22%. So they're continuing to maintain their interest. Um, and I think they will continue to do that going forward. You know, uh, the CEO of the company, John McCluskey, he's quite supportive. He likes what we're doing and they're technical people like we're doing. Um, and, and they're a company that doesn't have any arms in Quebec. They don't explore in Quebec uh, on their own. So we're like, you know, for them, the way I look at it is where their optionality in Quebec. 
Okay, well, exactly. I think that's what I was getting to is, is the trouble with the big companies is they're great until they're not there, right? So what, what, that's why I asked the question, what do they want from this? How far will they go before they have to make some decisions themselves? Well, I think they realized when they stepped into it that this was not going to be a quick uh, discovery process because of where this project is. You know, the, the Quebec project sits basically in the Arctic of Quebec. It's got, you know, we've only spent probably 21 weeks on the ground so far in the since 2016 when we started exploring this project. Uh, so that's not a lot of time. But Alamos understands that. They understand that this is going to be you know, a long-term approach here. So they're there. They're there for the long term. Right, so we expect, expect to see more from them going forward. Okay, um, yeah. we we will stay in touch about that. Um, I do want to talk about this because this is the thing that caught my eye, which is Wiley um, Metals. They've got a $25 million earn-in. I'm assuming that's Canadian, is it? Right, Canadian, yeah. Same exchange rate at the moment, so it's, it's all, all the same. Um, brilliant. So what, what talk, talk through the terms of that, please, if you don't mind. So uh, we've been talking to Wiley for probably nine ten months so it took a while to get to a to a place uh, that we we're all comfortable uh we have a project called uh, west raglan it's 814 square kilometers of land so very big um we can't afford to explore it on our own we needed someone to share that risk with us uh in quebec you have to spend money or you lose the project so we really needed someone to come in and help us there it's already we already have a number of discoveries across this project the frontier uh, discovery has uh, 2500 kilometer uh, 2500 meters strike length High grade nickel, you know, like three percent nickel, over a percent copper, and three to four grams PGE. So this is this is good stuff, um, and this is very similar to what they get at the Raglan mine. So we are quite excited to get someone in there that's real. You know, why lose a, a real company that's got great financial backing, um, and they're quite excited about what we have there. They have good technical people that are helping uh, make decisions with us. We will operate at least for the first four years. So the first four years, they get to fifty one percent by spending six million bucks. Uh, they can't get to get to 80%. They need to have done a feasibility study for us. So we're carried until that's done. And, uh, and they have to pay us $1.5 million on, on that, that's that when they get to one, uh, 80%. So th- that's the sort of the, the end goal here. We figure that if it's a billion dollar project, only 20% of a billion dollar project is not a bad thing for a little Orford. And that's what a nickel project up in that area of the world will be if it gets that far. So. Um, we really think there's discoveries to be made there. There, we have all the right geology, the same contact that Raglan sits on, the same rocks that the Nunavik nickel mine sits on. Um, so we'll be doing geophysics, prospecting, and and sampling this summer, um, and hopefully drilling following that. Uh, okay, so you, you I, I get the 1.5 million. Are you picking up um, operate, operator fees or management fees as this thing progresses? Yeah. Right. Okay. What's that yeah, like? So, so we'll take management fees along as long as we're managing, and we manage at least to the 51 percent line, and maybe past that. Okay, that's okay. That that kind of makes life a lot easier too, because you put a breathing room, uh, for sure. And um, well, it, it does it does something else, Matthew, because we have two projects there, and uh, they're right beside each other. So we can operate both projects. We get economies of scale by operating both at the same time. So the $1.7 million they're going to spend this summer and the, you know, the 3 million we're going to spend on Kigavik, uh, we get a bit of economies of scale because it costs so much just to be there. So once you, once you're there together, uh, your, your costs for both projects go down a bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we've seen this elsewhere and it's, I think it's smart. Okay. Um, and so what was, what was the time frame in, in, under which all of this happens again? Just break that down for me. Uh, it's a seven-year earn into 80%. So four years to 51%, and then 
they have year by year earnings past that, which they have to exercise. Right, and and obviously, just to remind people that's the that's the extent of the 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 term, but they can do it quicker at their election, I suspect. Yeah, exactly, and you know, it it's a becomes a JV agreement once you get to eighty percent, and you know, we we have to contribute our our twenty percent once they've delivered the feasibility study. Right. Okay. Um, you've also got some other projects in Abitibi. Yes, we have three new projects we've staked in the past year there. Um, We've been looking for something to, uh, for, for a couple of reasons, to balance our, our sort of seasonality that we have in the Arctic. So we want to have better news flow all year long. Plus, we just, you know, my, my beginnings as a geologist was in the Abitibi. Uh, I think there's tons of potential still there. As you may know, most of the Abitibi is covered. There's not a lot of outcrop exposure. Uh, so you have a lot of blind targets. So we picked up three projects in an area where I started my career. I worked for Agnico Eagle in the Chattel region on their original gold mine. Um, and so we looked at that area and we found basically ground along the, the prolific Casabrarity fault. It was open to stake. Uh, we looked at it, did some compilation. It looked amazing. So we've staked that. We're actually drilling that right now with RC drilling to, to, to find uh, glacial till anomalies. And we've flown it with geophysics. And we staked another project just to the south of Chattel called Chattel South. Similar, lots of potential. And then we staked a huge project a little further south than that along these major structures sandwiched between some great geology. Um, called uh, Chateau Omega. So we've got three new projects that haven't seen exploration since the mid 80s. Um, so they're huge potential on all three of them. So tell me, what's the plan going for? Because you're a small company, 18 million market cap. I know you raised 5.25 in September. You're getting operator fees, management fees from Wiley as well, which is fantastic. So you're being cute about how you bring money in, and you have been cute in the past about how you bring money in in terms of buying cash shells, um, which I like. I like all of that. But what can we expect from you going forward? Because you've got you've got three projects in the Abitibi, you've got two at West Raglan, you've got the Quick Quickovic Quickovic project. You know, it's Kikovic. Kikovic. I've got to get that. Yeah, Kikovic. There, there you go. <laughs> um, that's a lot of moving parts, right? And all of which need yep. funding. So what yes. model are you going to be employing going forward? Is it all going to be a case of let's get an earn-in partner as quickly as possible? Or are you going to manage something yourself? And what's in your head? Well, I don't think we're not a project generator in such that we're looking for people to take over our projects. That's, that's not our, really our, 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 our methodology here. We're looking to discover gold deposits. And so, you know, unless we don't like a project, I don't think we're going to sell it off. Or you know, maybe it doesn't fit our, our geological model then maybe we'll, we'll find a partner. But as long as it fits our model and we're liking what we're finding, we're going to keep it for ourselves, get it to a certain point, and we'll see what happens at that point. But we want to bring things along uh, as far as possible. But what do you um, mean so by how, that? How, tell, me, tell me, what do you mean by your model? What, what is it? Well, we have different geological models for each project, You know, whether it's the shear-hosted gold or, or structurally controlled gold. So if they fit those models and, and we're finding what we think is real and could be potentially a, a big enough deposit, like we're not looking for small little deposits. We we want to find you know deposits that make sense. Um, so we're 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 going to keep exploring them. If we uh, find that you know let's say we we don't think this could be more than a few hundred thousand ounces, but there's some company out there that's interested in that, then maybe that's where we we do a we off that property to them. Right. But as long as we think that the projects we have can be sizable projects that can move forward, uh, we're going to keep exploring them. Now, you, you say we were an $18 million company, and we are. Uh, I think we're very undervalued for what we have. You know, we've got a, a project where, you know, we've got a 
brought a company in that's going to spend $25 million on a project. Well, that's more than our market cap. Um, we're spending uh, between that project and our other projects here this year, we're going to spend $6.7 million. Um, so when you look at what we're doing and, and the money that's going into the ground, I think we're quite undervalued. So I think when we look at our future and what we're going to do, I think we're going to see an uptick in our share price. Uh, we're also going to look at other things, though. We're going to look at companies or, or assets that have a bit of a resource or look like they could get a resource. Because I'd like to have projects that are at different stages of exploration. Uh, and I think that's the key to, to driving NAV, getting your value up and moving forward as, as a company. So that's sort of where we'd like to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. It can be, but or it can also be detrimental in terms of the message out to the marketplace. You've got so many things going on. You're not necessarily focused on any one area. So how do you get that over? And, you, and then there's a little bit of, you've been going since 2017. wasn't much happening for you. People are perhaps maybe tired of the story. So how do you overcome all of these things? Well, I, I think, you know, Discovery will change a lot of things. So we're really excited about this summer at Kigavik, and I think we're going to find something there uh, that's quite meaningful. Um, but that aside, we're going to continue to try to uh, progress the company forward on new projects that will make a difference uh, because it's all about having projects that will make a difference. You know, you can't be married to any one project. So if we get to a point on any given project where we don't think it's going to do what we want it to do, we're going to get rid of it. Um, and I think that's what any smart company has to do. So we need to continue to build NAV, whether it's in the projects we have today or it's in new projects, but that's what we need to do. I mean, you've had a good run of it since June last year. Let, let, let's, you know, four times, you know, it's good, right? But where-, where Yeah, did, it is. Yes, really good. Most people would be happy with that, but, but from, you know, from humble beginnings. So where do you think people are valuing the company? What, which bits of the story do you think people are valuing today? I get that you say you're undervalued, but you know, the price is the price. So what are they looking at? Yeah, no, exactly. Well, I think people haven't really, don't really understand the Wailu deal and our West Wagon project and the potential it has. Because it's not an area where there's you know, 30 companies exploring for nickel because it's pretty well staked up. I should go back on, on the West Wagon project. There's a group called Cobalt. Um, Metals, which is a, uh, and a private equity group out of San Francisco, uh, backed by very rich Americans, including Bill Gates, that has staked up a good portion of the Cape Smith belt for nickel and cobalt. Um, so the battery group metals in, in that area are, are going to drive those projects um, and exploration for them. So I think when people look at the future of nickel and cobalt, uh, I, I think our West Wagon project has a lot more value than it's being given by the market. And then when you look at our Kigavik project and what we found there, you know, a plus 40 kilometer long strike length of, of high grade gold at surface uh, that no one has been on before us. Um, it, it's all about getting that story out better. And so that's my job is to, to really push that story because I, I think the value that's there is huge. Talk to, okay, well, let's take the opportunity now. You're here, right? So tell me, what are the key things about West Raglan Nickels in this industry, right? It's the, the price has gone crazy, like up near nine bucks. It's been a great year for nickel. So talk to me about the scale of potential at West Raglan. You know, why is Wiley? Who has to say they're backed by a very wealthy Australian uh, billionaire. Um, they, they're hunting for big projects and after small projects. So talk to me about what it is that you, you've been able to sell to them. Well, I think it, it's, 
Our positioning along that belt is, is huge. So 50 climb, five kilometers of strike length, 814 square kilometers of land. You can't go get that yourself. Uh, it doesn't exist. A high grade uh, nickel sulfide platinum palladium targets already, some of them already drilled, some of them just prospected, but discovered. And I, I think we have six different discoveries or seven different discoveries on the project already. And we have the contact, um, I don't know if you know anything about the raglan deposits, but they're very potty. They're like Kambalda-style mineralization. So they're like strings on our pearls on a string. Uh, so the potential of discovering many pearls on that string, and that's what like, the raglan mine is. It's a whole pile of small deposits that make up the big deposit. Um, so I think we have that potential of making that discoveries. There were 90 kilometers from the road network that raglan is on. We make a discovery, we hook up to that road network and, uh, and take our ore to the to the port that they've already built there. So um, I think the potential is huge. Should also remember that the Nunavik nickel mine, which is run by the Chinese, the Canadian royalties asset, um, is going to run at ore probably in uh, less than ten years. So there's going to be a need for some more ore in that area, and I think that's what we're going to fill. And we own the rest of the belt. So there's Nunavik nickel uh, and Raglan for the most part, and then cobalt is coming in and staked all around them, and then us. Um, so we, we really think we have uh, the best play in that build. Okay. So that's West Raglan. Okay. So if people are excited about nickel, EV thematic, however you want to look at it, you're sitting on a lot of land bank. You've got a great partner there uh, and a lot of optionality further down the line as to how you approach that. I, I, th I think I agree with you. I don't think people are actually looking at that and understanding that as the scale of the nickel opportunity there. It's, it's interesting. And um, I think they are looking at, because you're talking about the bit that you also control, which is what you're doing at Krikovic, which is, um, you know, gold. But you haven't done enough there for them. So, again, what are they going to see this year? So this year, we're going to concentrate almost all our efforts on the IP Lake trend. We've already outlined 7 to 10 kilometers of shear zone there. This is quite huge, and that's within the 40-kilometer long property. Um, so we're going to do some airborne geophysics. We're going to fill in all the till sampling there to get cutoffs. And then we're going to do diamond drilling. Drills already on site. All that will happen this summer. Um, so we really believe, you know, if you look at our presentation on our website, you'll see the the, the amazing till samples and boulder trains we have north of the shear zone. We think we've zeroed in on the best places along the shear zone, um, and, and we really believe we're going to make a discovery at the IP Lake shear zone. So, um, you know, this is where we're getting boulders of 640 grams and 200 grams. You know, this is incredible, the, the, the gold we're seeing coming out of this area. Okay. Well, like, um, David, I like, appreciate you going through the story. Um, it's, it's a new story to us. It sounds like you've got some exciting stuff going on, on there with gold. I'm not sure what the gold market is like at the moment. Do you? Well, I think, you know, gold, typically uh, from a seasonality point of view, this is never its best time. Uh, usually you get to the end of February and it takes a bit of a, a nosedive or goes sideways. So we're probably in the sideways motion for a little while. Um, but I, I think when you look at the world and, and pricing on, on goods, I don't think it's going down. So I think inflation is coming and that typically has been a very good thing for gold. I know people have said this for many years. I was, I was an analyst for a long time and I always felt like I was uh, repeating myself saying inflation's coming. But I, I really think this time when you look at what's happening in the world, uh, oil prices are increasing, actually, for the first time in a long time. Um, then the, the cost of doing business because of all the businesses that have shut down for so long, I think goods and, and, and services are going to increase in price, and therefore inflation is going to come bigger than people expect. Mind you, 
you look back 18 months and someone said you want $1,700 gold, you'd take it, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, $1,700 gold is great. Like, and if we find a deposit 10 grams uh, up up in the Arctic there, that's good. $1,700 gold, we make money at that. I think everyone does. I think that's. I think we, we don't have too much to worry about, but as I say, it's interesting to see where the market uh, pans out this year. Uh, like I say, David, thanks very much for your time. I appreciate you going through that story. Sounds like you've got something quite exciting going on up there. I'm particularly excited about the nickel, if I'm honest. Uh, thanks, Matthew. Uh, you know, I really appreciate the time and, and uh, everyone listening to this this presentation. Um, a few key things I'd like you to talk, talk about here. First of all, Kegavik, brand new gold district, high-grade gold across the entire project. We really believe we have a the best target outlined for this coming summer's drill program. West Raglan, we have a brand new partner in Wailu Metals. They're going to spend $1.7 million on this nickel copper sulfide project this summer. And we have three new projects in the heart of the Abitibi, the prolific Abitibi along the Casabrardi break, uh, which we're drilling at present. So we have lots going on. We really think we're bound to make some discoveries in the coming year. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.